Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. We are now up to a fourth time of Joe Biden hiding and lying. The FBI gets involved this time. Kamala Harris is on one and a Fox News analyst is apparently discriminated against because he's black and conservative. All of that and more coming on this edition of Critical Thinking. Welcome into a new week, Andrew Coppins, flying solo with you on this Monday. I hope each and every one of you had a great weekend. The games in the NFL, not so great, grand, wonderful, except for if you're, oh, that's the reason why Pat's not here. He must have been celebrating his Bengals getting to the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs once again. So that'll be interesting. My man Brock Purdy, the ISU alum, that quarterback, doing some more damage this weekend. Although didn't play terribly well, but didn't play terrible either. Won a defensive battle against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so we got the uh, the 49ers and Eagles on one side and the Bengals and Chiefs on the other. Going to make for potentially some hopefully interesting games that were not as interesting this weekend. I mean, it can't be worse than what took place this weekend with the Eagles and and some of the other games that that happened. They were, they were just terrible, horrible, awful. All right. That being said, we've got a lot to talk about here. I am flying solo on this edition of the show, quite obviously. So with that all having been said, folks, we're going to we're going to talk about Joe Biden and the revelations of the FBI finding more and more documents in the treasure trove of information that they might have gotten from that. But before we do that, I'm unfortunately ran into a video from this weekend that reminds me of the the old adage of be careful of what you wish for, because many people on the right, many people in libertarian circles believe that Joe Biden needs to be out of office. And I'm not so sure of that after having to listen to this from the Vice President of the United States this weekend. In particular, in dealing with the various issues that are present when we look at the climate crisis, thinking about water policy, uh, diversifying water policy, understanding that we must have the ability to diversify our approach and, our, and the resources. 
to everything from what we do in terms of uh, conservation to recycling, desalination, and storage of water. This plant and this facility in particular is doing some of the smartest and the most contemporary kind of work that is necessary to, to store water, understanding that the climate crisis presents exactly what we've experienced here in California. We're going to have days, and sometimes there will be days of immense water, of rain, of storms, of flooding. And at the same time, we are a state that has experienced for generations drought. And we must therefore understand that the issues that are present in the climate crisis are varied. And it requires us to be present and to be in front of each of the iterations and variations. That include extreme weather that produces a lot of water and extreme weather that produces drought. Just what, what in the absolute word salad hell was that from Kamala Harris? I, I just have a very simple question when it comes to that. But folks, do you really want that in the position of the executive branch, the head of the executive branch of our government? Because we're still about two years from the potential transfer of power to a new president. Mm hmm. On the other hand, we also have Joseph Marionette Lion and Hyden Biden, who this weekend was revealed for the fourth time to have found new classified material in his possession. That's right, for a fourth time this weekend. And I'm going to give you this article from the Daily Wire. Feds search Biden's home, discover more classified documents. Quote from Bob Bauer, uh, Biden's personal lawyer, quote, DOJ took possession of materials it deemed within the scope of its inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classification markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate and some of which were from his tenure as vice president. DOJ also took uh, also took for further review personally handwritten notes from the vice presidential years. So as I presented to you the Kamala Harris situation, I also want you to be aware of this situation because what I'm seeing here, what Bob Bauer, the personal lawyer for Joe Biden, has admitted to is that Joe Biden is not just a oopsies kind of guy. This is a pattern of behavior from him. That dates to his time in the Senate. This isn't just a whoopsies. These got mixed up in the vice presidential year documentation. Or, you know, the hastily packed up office of Joseph Marionette Biden, who was literally staying until the last possible second, by the way, in that office. And that created this problem. But beyond that, we're talking about his time in the Senate. We are talking about literally not handing over handwritten notes that are actually the possession of the National Archives first and then can be given back, by the way, because they're going to copy them. Or they're going to give Joe Biden the copies. I, I forget which way it goes. But either way, he is not supposed to be in possession because they do not, they do not exist in that capacity. They are the property of the 
national archives. They are the property of the people, if you will. Anything that he wrote, anything that he said or did is the property of the people, the United States of America. Folks, if I could speak correctly today. But beyond that, we're talking about his years as a senator. And I just so happened to have this thing called the Google machine. And Google tells me that um, senators are not to be in possession of any, and I mean any, classified material. Like nothing Nathan Nada. Except for they could view it, they could have it in their possession in very specific areas, like the White House, for example, or a skiff room, or some really designated facility or area by the executive branch, whether that's the DOJ or the Secretary of State or the State Department or whatever have you, okay? But in no way, shape, or form should that document ever be in the actual possession of a sitting senator. Never, ever. Those documents are to be seen, maybe handled or copied, okay, for very specific purpose, and then destroyed under the supervision, by the way, of the executive branch. So maybe we've got a dual problem of how we handle these documents, and maybe we should change how the chain of custody of these documents work. I can make that argument, and that's probably a very good argument to be made. More importantly, here's the question. What about Mr. Transparent President and taking classified documents seriously? This goes beyond the, well, this is different than than uh, Donald Trump, and the, the, you can't compare the two. It goes beyond that because I, I agree, you can't compare the two. One of them had the power to declassify the documents whether you liked it or not. And we also don't know how much proof exists whether or not Donald Trump was able to do that. But, but the accusation is not that Donald Trump took some other classified document from some other time in government because he's never been in government before. The argument and the difference here is that Joe Biden intentionally or oh, just unintentionally happened to do it as a senator, as the vice president in the private sector, not just withholding information um, or just mishandling classified documents, but withholding pre property of the National Archives, his own handwritten notes as vice president of the United States of America. These are two apples and oranges situations. One of them is actually very serious potential criminal activity, and the other is just a pissing match between the National Archives and Donald Trump in his declassification or, or not of documents. <coughs> so what are we doing here? What are we doing? Now, Bauer said that the FBI asked the White House not to comment on the search until it was over, and Bauer claimed that the FBI had full access to the president's home, including personally handwritten notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, to-do lists, schedules, and reminders going back decades. So we're supposed to believe that he took just meticulous recordings and records and kept it all for decades, but this is just an oopsie. No, this is intentional. This is what... We're, as the story keeps evolving and unfolding, this is an intentional situation. 
from a guy who wanted to tell us that he was on the moral high ground because he took classified and classification of materials very seriously. Remember, he was on the Senate Foreign Intelligence Committee, and he he dealt with foreign people all the time as vice president of the United States of America. You're right. You dealt directly with Ukraine and China and Iran, right? And it just so happens that the documents that you happen to find at your home were classified information on Ukraine, Russia, China, Iran. Oh, my God. Just, just a weird coincidence. Folks, even Dick Durbin, the Senate Majority Whip, Okay, even Dick freaking Durbin had to admit on national television this weekend, I don't have the clip with me, that Joseph Lion Hyden Marionetting Biden, Biden, Lion Hyden Biden, okay, even he had to admit that he has lost the moral high ground in this argument. And so, yeah, guess what? If you are of the persuasion, if you will, of the right, and you're looking at Team GOP, you need to hammer this point home. And how do you do it? You put Donald Trump on the sideline and he never comes off of it. He never comes off the bench. Why? Not because these are two different situations, but because you have the moral high ground. You hammer him with this, and then you can point to the fact that you benched the person who was involved in this on your side. That's how you do it. That's how you play the game and win. Are they interested in that? Probably not. Because they're stupid on the right. But you hammer this point home, and you do it by using the media, because the media cares about this story right now. The media is all over the worst White House press secretary of my lifetime and Corinne Jean-Pierre. Cringe Jean-Pierre at this point. You have this. You've got the media on your side. You've got a lane that you can drive a truck through. Drive that truck through it. You hammer and hammer every single freaking day until you get that transparency. But Joe Biden did issue a statement on this matter, by the way, and here's his response. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. Well, guess what? That is the typical Joe Biden response to all of this. There's no there there. It is one of his euphemisms that he uses all the time. There's no there there. I, I I have no regrets. I mean, regrets? N none? Are you sure about that? N nothing? None? Nothing? For your 40 plus years of public service <clears throat> for the Biden crime family? Nothing? Not a, not a single regret as to how this has been handled or, or how you mishandled all of this information? You probably don't regret it because right now you are sitting in the I can't be indicted, chair, right? Sure, so you can't regret it. That's why you, you, <clears throat> That's why Team GOP needs to kick his ass in the 2024 election cycle. Make it so that he doesn't even run. Go through, investigate, 
<clears throat> get the transparency that we need. Because here's my question. What the hell documents exist from him as a senator that he decided to keep, right? I don't need to know every single detail, but I need to know what they were in relation to. I That's the transparency. If I were Joe Biden, here's, here's how I would handle this if I were advising him and his team. I wouldn't talk about um, this from a perspective of regretting anything. I would talk about it from a perspective of this. This These documents related to these, these topics, they were found at the home. I don't know how they got there or whatever have you, right? But ignorance is not a legal excuse, but it is a public relations excuse. I don't know all the details of all of the things, and I'm going to review them, and I'm going to try to understand how they got where they got, but I do take it seriously, and I will apologize to the American people once I have a full accounting of what is in all of this document, right? I'm going to take a full accounting for this. And I'm going to be transparent that these documents relate to Ukraine or these documents relate to China, but they were not of great national security importance. Because it does matter to me that um, you could be corrupted from these things, that China could know that. How do I know that? China is so smart that they've thought of infiltrating the secretarial staff of Congress people to set up appointments to influence members of Congress using agents of the Chinese Communist Party. There's literally somebody arrested last week, I forgot who it was, arrested last week as a secretary setting appointments, right, for a sitting member of Congress. All of it, a ruse to get more national security information to the Chinese Communist Party. She was a spy sitting in the Halls of Congress, setting appointments, understanding in just really intense information. What are we doing? What are we doing? All right. So with that being said, everybody, we have to realize that there's a chance for an advantage if they take that opportunity. Will they? I don't know. My assumption would be that they would take advantage of it. But again, it's the GOP and they tend to screw everything up all the time because they're not very smart either. But my biggest rub in all of this is Joe Biden's, oh, shucky darns routine, right? Here's the thing. He has an established pattern of being an absolute sociopath. How do I know it? Let's take a look at this from his first run for the president of the United States way back in the 1980s, folks. I think, we I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I can say one thing. I think I now concede he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, 
and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. His memory had failed him. It's not, if that is the case, his memory has been failing him since the 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, for five decades now? Am I really supposed to believe that this is all just a coincidence? He is an absolute sociopath. And so as I look at the question of do we really want Kamala Harris in that presidential seat? My suggestion is getting a sociopath, and and this is also part of the issue with Donald Trump, because I can make the argument that Donald Trump is also showing signs of being a sociopath, that we want none of them near presidential power. I can make that argument. I would suggest that the declining cognitive abilities, plus his sociopathic tendencies, plus our ability to be able to really fully understand the scope of the Biden crime family, because yes, I happen to believe the evidence that we have seen from the Hunter Biden laptop, from the documents and the travel of Hunter Biden alongside his father, from Tony Bobulinski, as much as CNN wants to scrub it from its website, that there's a clear link to criminality in this family. And it's not just Joseph Marinette, Lion, Hayden, Biden covering for his drug-addled, addicted son. It's not just that. It's that they were in bed together for personal profit, along with other members of this family, by the way, if you dig deep enough. There's implications of his brother. There's implications of his sister. There's implications of all sorts of people personally benefiting from Joe Biden's various uh, positions of public influence. It's wrong. It's disgusting. And what is being hidden here needs to be understood. Again, we don't need every single detail, sources, methods, all that sort of stuff, but we need to have some transparency and understanding so that we as the American people heading into the 2024 election can make an informed decision. Will we get that from a Republican Congress? Will we get the subpoena of this information? Again, we don't need to know every detail. We need to know what the established pattern is. If there is one, what we already know is Ukraine, China, Iran. Those are the documents alleged. But we also have this issue of keeping senatorial uh, classified information that you're not allowed to have outside of certain areas. We also have the other issues at hand here. This is a serious matter that... While I understand everyday Americans may not be paying attention to, it's a serious enough matter that you should be paying attention to it. That doesn't mean that you take every single moment of every single day to do that. I'm not suggesting that. But I am suggesting that this is something that you need to pay attention to. Because we're at a very large inflection point in world history. And if we have a president, not just congressmen like Swalwell or others who have been influenced by China, but we have a president who can be under the thumb of the Chinese Communist Party because of his interactions with them and potentially, allegedly illegal dealings with them. It is a big time matter of national security. 
What are we going to do as a society when China actually decides to go full bore? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I can make the argument here that Joe Biden should not be the one in charge of making those decisions. So I would suggest that Kamala Harris for a year and a half, two years, being the president of the United States might actually be better in terms of that type of foreign policy situation. Now, there's other issues because she's absolutely insane and arguably dumber than Joe Biden, which says a lot. But beyond that, folks, we need to talk about a topic today that I saw over the weekend, and it, and it involves political speech and businesses. And we here at the program have chosen to do business with a, a coffee company called CoffeeBrandCoffee.com. And why are we doing business? Well, we harp on this every single day. Number one, it's because we want to do business with people that are not going to insult us. Number two, we want to do business with people focused on providing great products and service regardless of political persuasions, right? It, it, it's great to see a business that is focused on providing goods and services, and stopping this whole values-based company stuff, demanding that they represent the values of the workers. No, I want to I create the best damn product that I can create for you, the consumer, and hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you spread it far and wide, right? And I bring this up not to tell you that you can also go to coffeebrandcoffee.com Enter the promo code critical thinking for 5% off. You can do that. But I bring it up to show you an example of how you can influence how business operates. And that economics largely takes care of itself when it comes to these values based or discriminatory companies. And this story comes from our friends at The Daily Wire. Miami-based restaurant asks Fox News analysts to leave over conservative political views. Interaction resembles Jim Crow South, commentator says. Fox News political analyst Gianna Caldwell criticized North Miami, Florida restaurant owners Sunday after the food establishment asked the conservative commentator to leave the eatery due to his political views. Paradise Books and Bread owners kicked Caldwell out of the restaurant Saturday morning, claiming the behavior and words of the group that he dined with made the employees and other patrons in the safe and the space very uncomfortable. Now you could, you know, go whole fiddle fiddle all you want, but I have a question because as I look at this type of an interaction, right, and the argument that a lot of conservatives make when it comes to baking. The cake bigot, right? And uh, and Mr. F uh, Phillips, right? Master Cake Bakery or Bake Shop or whatever it is. Masterpiece uh, Cake, whatever. Okay. The argument is that you should be able to use your values in your business, right? That you shouldn't be able to deny somebody public access and public service. Okay. But that if you're using your God-given talents and whatever, that you should be able to use and live out your values within your business and refuse service to anybody. Well, the libertarian position goes a little bit further than that. The libertarian position suggests that a business should have a right to, to pick and choose whom it does business with. 
period, point blank, whether that is on any level. And this is a prime example of how we can live out that libertarian viewpoint. Because the story continues, Caldwell explained the situation to Fox and Friends weekend host Rachel Compost Duffy, noting that the group had discussed several topics, including working at the legacy media outlet, values, violent crime, and progressive district attorneys. Restaurant owners then approached Caldwell and his companions, saying that they were not welcomed there because we aren't politically aligned. Now, Caldwell decides to tell us that this is about an injustice anywhere, is a threat to justice everywhere, and he goes on to say, that if this was not the Jim Crow South, I can't tell much of a difference. There's a target on the backs of people who happen to be black, who happen to be conservative, and it needs to come to an end. Now, on that I can agree with, because we see white liberals, black liberals, not white liberals, but white leftists, in the radical uh, black left movement, BLM Inc. and all of their um, people, say exactly this, right? We they believe that if you are black and conservative, you shouldn't be able to exist. You shouldn't be able to talk and you're a traitor to your race and all this other stuff, right? We absolutely know this to be the case. But with that having been said, I have a question to Gianno Caldwell. What is the response to this, right? Are, are we to suggest that we're going to create laws that now say that a business can't have its own speech, right? But you do, and and you can't do anything about it while I'm in your restaurant, in your private business. You can do or say whatever the hell you want. I would suggest no. And here's the difference. Because while they may discriminate against your speech, right? I have the ability to use my own speech to let everybody know, like Gianno Caldwell is kind of doing here, that Paradise... Um, is it uh, bread and uh, books and bread? Okay, parodies books and bread in North Miami, Florida discriminates politically. They are leftists. Here's how I can speak to that. I can never go into that establishment. I don't have to spend a dime, let alone a cent there. I can let everybody know who thinks and maybe looks like me or acts like me or lives in that area to not do that. And then I can turn to competitors to that business and put their ass out of business. Because sure, you can have that niche of people who they want to interact with on a business level, interact with them. Let them have that. But when the general public says, yeah, no, thank you, I, I'm not down to clown with, with that. The power of the purse, the power of the economic impact of these decisions will correct that course for us. That is the libertarian position, and I happen to agree with it. It is exactly why I think if we would have not had codified laws of Jim Crow in the South, we would have seen the large parts of the white population there not enforce segregation and the Jim Crow laws and the establishments that propped them up would have gone out of business. I happen to believe that this is the case here. Oh, great. I'm visiting I'm visiting Miami and I'm staying in North Miami and I want some coffee. Okay, well, I'm not going to this coffee shop then, right? I'm going to go to its competitor, likely kitty corner to it or right down the street or across the street or whatever have you. Let's compete. 
Let's build a business that doesn't care about those things, and let's show this business who's boss. Now, this business claims that we are an owner-operated establishment deeply committed to an ongoing practice of harm reduction, and we'll do our part to welcome and care for marginalized folks within our community and beyond. Racism, homophobia, sexism, transphobia, ableism, xenophobia, and other forms of harm and or oppression will not be tolerated within our spaces, and we will intervene with care if and when those forms of harm occur. Sir, just stop speaking. Now, they also note that uh, we experienced an incident in our space today, and we feel that it is important to reshare our safer spaces policy that we have instituted since the very beginning. A group of people came in, ordered their food, sat in the inside corner, and talked quite loudly for over an hour. A lot of what they were discussing was very troubling, specifically when talking about women in degrading ways, as well as using eugenic arguments around their thoughts on Roe versus Wade. I would love to know, if you're a leftist, what possible pro-life eugenic talking points they could be talking about. Alternatively, could they have been saying, I don't believe in the leftist talking points, and I don't believe in the eugenicism of Margaret Sanger, who believed that the black race could be eradicated by advocating for abortion after abortion after abortion, and then eventually the race just dies out, because that's exactly what she argued for. Is that what they were talking about? If that's the case, they were talking about the truth. And as, wait for this, black owners of this business, you should probably educate yourself on that. But they continue to say that since the incident, we've been getting harassment, uh, getting harassed on the internet, specifically on Twitter, because apparently you can't say Twitter. Google reviews, and as of 20 minutes ago, on this platform, we are asking our community to just be aware of the situation, leave a nice review on Google if you would like, and to approach us with the same kindness that you always do if you're passing through in the next few days. Okay, well, I would also make the argument that harassing these individuals uh, because of this is stupid. You shouldn't be harassing them. You should let them be. Absolutely let them be. There's no need for it. You should continue to do what Gianno Caldwell did and shine a light on what they as a business believe in and how they interact with that quote-unquote belief system, you absolutely continue to shine a light. That is one of the premium, one of the pillars of reviving liberty. Shine a light. The other part is do business with those who don't insult you. To Gianno Caldwell, who claims he's just trying to get the lay of the land in the neighborhood, maybe research a business before you just decide to go in. And unfortunately, that's kind of the, the environment we live in. If you're going to a bigger city, you're going to have to research. You're going to have to figure out. Not that, okay, they might have different values. There's a great example of this. There's a, a restaurant and in, in a brewery here in the city that has some really good food that I can eat because they're focused in on gluten-free and veganism, okay? But they're very far left. But they also produce really good food. Here's the rub. They don't treat me any different when I walk in there because they don't care. They might have a value system that's a little bit different than mine, but they're not insulting me while I'm in there so I can do business with them, right? But if you want to, unfortunately, this is the, quote-unquote, economic segregation that we live in, right? That, that's where we're at. Let's grow a competitor. Let's patronize businesses who want our money, want to provide us services or goods, and move forward. Don't interact with these people. Unfortunately, you put yourself in that situation. You knew exactly what you were getting into, and if you didn't, that's kind of on you, bro. But more importantly, 
what 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 is the solution to this? What does Gianno Caldwell want out of this, right? What is the suggestion? Okay, great. You sh shine a light on it. That, that, that I don't like a business that does that. There are people who might, right? But are we really to suggest now that um, we have to include uh, freedom of speech within a private business? Pretty sure that's not a slippery slope that we want to go down. If I had a coffee shop and I don't want anything to do with Antifa or BLM, there you go. I should have a right to deny them service based off of their affiliation with domestic terrorist groups. Right? I, I should. Just as I would suggest I should have the right to say no to a neo-Nazi walking in there with a stupid swastika on their arm. Or swastika tattoos or the SS tattoos, right? Or whatever have you. Nope. Sorry. I don't serve racists in here. It's pretty simple. I can grow a reputation one way or the other. And cool. Let's have that economic fight. I say let's confront it. But the suggestion that this is just Jim Crow because of your political leanings? No, it's not. No, no, no. There's no codification of this in law, most importantly. And secondly, here's the other part of this story that cracks me up. This this book and bread company, this Paradise Books and Bread, did they care so very much about their mission statement that they kicked them out while eating, while dining, while experiencing their goods and services? Nope. Instead, they allowed it to happen for, quote-unquote, over an hour. They took their order, they gave them their food and drinks, allowed them to eat, allowed them to pay for their food and drinks, and then, and only then, did they make a scene about it. That's how hypocritical this group is. They took their money and then kicked them out. If you really cared about that value system, if this was not some sort of stunt to be pulled, you wouldn't have served them in the first freaking place. Or when, when this was happening as you were cooking up their food or, or having already served them their food, you would have demanded that they pay for their food right then and there and kicked them out. But you didn't. You let everything go as far as humanly possible. You let them sit there and eat in, a, in peace, right? And then made a scene. If you cared so much, if you cared so much, you, you should have known right away that scarlet conservative letter, right, was on their chest. And never, never served them to begin with. Oh wait, how do you, how do you enforce that? How do you know? Because somebody happens to talk. That, that, that's it. That's it. It, it's unenforceable more than most likely in these scenarios. And more importantly, what are you doing taking the money of people that you're supposed, supposedly, um, dislike so much? What you, give it to them for free and make a point, right? Make a point but you didn't. All right, folks. So with that being said, on this solo edition of Critical Thinking, it's time to peace out. I'm Andrew Coppins. You can follow me at The Coppins Show on Twitter, 
on Facebook and Getter. You can follow Critical Thinking Show on Instagram. And of course, do not forget, thumbs it up on Rumble, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And as always, make sure you are subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast wherever possible. Until tomorrow, hopefully Pat will be back and feeling better from whatever celebration he uh, partook in for his Cincinnati Bengals. But until then, please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure you eat all of your meals today. And as always, Matthew 547.